It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everyone. How is it that we're already to the point that we can cast our all-star ballots? That is crazy that we're this far into the season. But with that, I wanted to talk about the all-star ballots, how all-stars are selected, and share my current picks as of right now. Of course, that can change, but I wanted to share my picks just in case you care enough to listen. And I'm going to base it on stats and not by popularity. Uh, Of course, that means I won't pick all Braves, although... I have no problem and no issue with you voting for all Braves. But with that, let's get into this episode and break down the all-star rosters. Let's go. First, before we get started, I wanted to touch on this like I do every single year. First and foremost, the All-Star Game is not much more than a popularity contest. And you're going to see a lot of players on the roster that are not the best players that year. A lot of it has to do with players that performed very well in the second half of last year, fan favorites, and players on teams that have a large fan base. Because, especially starters in the All-Star Game, are voted on by fans. So let's say teams from big markets like LA, New York, they will have a lot of players with a lot of votes. Teams like the Atlanta Braves who have been successful lately and have been selling out their games will also have a lot of selections. Now again, that is the all-star starters. That is not the pitchers. That is not the reserves. But I do want to say this. I will not judge you by who you vote on. 
It is purely for the fans. It's a game for the fans. So you vote for who you want to vote for and have fun doing it. That's why I love the All-Star Game is it's purely something for the fans and it's a lot of fun to be involved and vote for your favorite player, whether that's the best player that season or not. It's still fun to do. And that's truly what an All-Star Game is. is It's not truly the best players. It's the most popular players. So I just want to preface it by saying that. But I also want to point out how the rest of the team is selected because, as we know as fans, we only get to vote for the starters uh, in the field and the DH as well. We do not pick the pitchers or the reserves. So how are those selected? Well, those are selected by a player's ballot and the commissioner's office. So if you see the reserves, basically what happens is ballots go out to players across the league and they vote. And that's why you'll see a lot of reserve players be ones that did really well right out of the gate. That's why Contreras last year made the all-star team over guys like Will Smith. Because right out of the gate, Contreras did really, really well. And the ballots are distributed out to players fairly early in the season. So whoever's doing well right then might have an upper hand, even if another player, like Will Smith, for example, was having a better year at the time of the All-Star game. So that's why you're going to see nuances like that, because the players and the commissioner's office select players. A lot of times when you when you see a reserve that is injured or a starter that's injured and there is a replacement on the All-Star team, a lot of times that is the commissioner's office. Now, the manager gets to pick which pitcher starts the game, but the players in the commissioner's office are the ones that determine which pitchers will make the roster. The other caveat is that every team has to be represented. So even a team like the Oakland Athletics that up to this point are on pace to lose the most games since 1886 will still have a player on the all-star team. So that does take a spot from a player that might be deserving, quote-unquote deserving, to be on the All-Star team. So that's something that needs to be considered as well when you're looking at that just just for as an example. Of course, you're probably going to see from the athletics, hopefully Rooker makes it. He'll get some votes just because he's a fun story. And I'm sure that as well as he did at the start of the season, players voted for him as well. So he'll probably be the athletic that makes it. But either way... That's just an example. So with that being said, I want to show you who I would pick for the All-Star team based on statistics, not based on popularity, not based on what team they play for, but simply who has had the best season by position up to this point. Now, of course, there are nuances or opinions. I am factoring in defense and base running as well. A lot of fans and a lot of people purely look at offense when looking at an all-star game because for just one game not necessarily over a long season but just one game defense does not matter as much as it might over a long season and so a lot of times people really just look at offense and offense is more aesthetically pleasing to the eye on average as well so a lot of times people purely just look at the offensive numbers if you notice when you look at the all-star ballot it just shows the offensive numbers right it doesn't show the defensive numbers or the base running numbers. But truly, if you're picking the best player for that position up to that point, you would factor in defense and base running. So I'm going to attempt to do that, and I'm going to do it for the American League. 
and the National League. Of course, we only have about 30 minutes in this podcast, so it's not going to be a huge deep dive, but I'll hit every position from each league. I won't hit the reserves, just the starters, and I'll give you uh, a rotation worth of starting pitchers and one reliever and one closer. Okay, that way I can kind of round it out from each league that is who I would pick. And I'm going to include people even if they're injured right now just to give them credit for how well they've done so far. That is if they are injured. All right, with that, I think it might actually be a good time to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll jump into it from there. All right, let's start in the American League. And we'll start with first base and go from there. This one I'm pretty proud of just simply because I got lucky and drafted this player in my fantasy baseball league. Of course, I did do some research and saw that he was due for some progression, some positive regression, if you will. But Yandy Diaz leads all of Major League Baseball right now. I should say all Major League first basemen. With a weighted runs created plus or OPS plus, whichever you want to pick. He leads in both categories among all first basemen in Major League Baseball. Not just American League, all baseball. Even Freddie Freeman, who has Freddie Freeman has a 346 batting average. Andy Diaz has a 310 batting average. But based on his uh, adjusted ballpark, you know, where you play, he actually has a higher weighted runs created plus than Freddie Freeman of all people. Freddie Freeman does have him on war, but he's in the National League anyways, right? So Yandy Diaz has 2.2 wins above replacement, and the second closest one is Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees, who's actually played six more games than Yandy Diaz has. So for me, this is one of the easiest picks, is Yandy Diaz is by far having the best season for a first baseman in the American League. National League is pretty easy as well. Freddie Freeman, we all know as Braves fans, if you've probably been paying attention to him, he has an insane slash line of 346, 420, 588, with runs created plus of 170. That's 70% above league average. Of course, as an offensive player, he's a beast. He leads fan graphs in total offensive output because he has played 10 more games than Yandy Diaz, which is why he has more wins above replacement at 2.9 with a lower runs created plus, but it's only by 9%. Freddie Freeman has been playing out of his mind and has been playing at an MVP level. Sure, he only has 10 home runs, but he's making up for it in many other areas. His walk rate is at a 10.7% and his K rate is only a 15.6%. Uh, He has been lucky with batting average and balls in play, but that doesn't matter when you're doing all-star voting. That's just looking at the future. He leads all National League first basemen in runs created plus and leads all first basemen in wins above replacement. Moving on to catcher for the National League, I just wanted to start there. Sean Murphy is an obvious choice here. He is tied for second in Major League Baseball for wins above replacement. He has the highest wins above replacement among all catchers in in Major League Baseball. He leads all catchers with runs created plus offensively, and he leads all catchers in defensive metrics, overall defensive metrics on fan graphs. So to me, it's not even really that close. He's got a slash line of 286, 398, and 553. He is by far the best catcher as far as overall output. His wins above replacement 
is 2.8 when the second closest is Jonah Heim at 1.9. It's really not close. This one is by far the easiest pick of all. First baseman is pretty easy. Catcher was extremely easy. As far as the American League goes, this one is really, really tough for me between Jonah Heim and Adley Rushman. Adley, sorry, Adley. Adley is having an insane year. He's got 1.8 wins above replacement. He's 0.1 wins above replacement behind Jonah Heim, who actually has played less games. So that one's tough. But Adley's bringing a lot more offense. He's got a 140 runs created plus, which is second among all catchers, whereas Heim has a 116, where Heim has the the edge here is by his defense. He's been much better defensively, and we don't see that with a naked eye. We see that with uh, he's also been better, uh, way better at base running. In fact, he leads all catchers in overall base running BSR in all of Major League Baseball. So as far as the stuff that we don't see on the offensive line, Jonah leads the American League and everything else, so offense and defense. So his overall game has been slightly better than Adley. But with the offensive output, I'm leaning towards Adley on this one. I'm just going to say it. Uh, Overall, Jonah is slightly better. But... Adley, man, what he's doing with a 17.5% walk rate is just insane. So I'm going to I'm gonna tilt it towards Adley here. On to second base. This may be the first one that Braves fans are not going to be happy with me on. But I'll start with the American League before we jump into the National League on this one. I'm going to go with Marcus Simeon. This one's pretty obvious. He leads all second basemen and wins above replacement, and it's not close. He's in first place with 2.5. The second closest is 2.0, and third place is 1.6. He's in a league all of his own. Of course, he does not lead all second basemen with the bat with a runs created plus of 134, but it is in the top three, but he also is extremely good on defense. You know, he moved over to second base so that Seager could play shortstop. So, I mean, he still has an incredibly good slash line of 295, 366, 485. He's my pick for starting at second base. And he's going to get votes with Texas doing so well this year. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion, I think, at this point that he'll be starting at second base. As far as the National League goes, this is the toughest one for me. There are quite a few second basemen that are right against each other. I mean, really, really close. Arrays has been killing it with the bat with a 150 runs created plus, and so is Nolan Gorman with a 148. Those two are by far the best overall with the bat, but they're both terrible defensively, and so that brings down their overall output by quite a bit. And Nolan Gorman and Arrays are both really bad at base running as well. So you've got guys like Nico Horner and Thero Estrada who actually have much more wins above replacement than these two guys. And if you noticed, I didn't even mention well-known players like Jeff McNeil or Jonathan India and players like that. And then we go all the way down. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Ozzie Albies is 21st among qualified second basemen and wins above replacement. He is not having the best year. In fact, his runs created plus is actually 1% below league average. So, And his defense, he's having one of the worst uh, defensive years of his career. 
Not to mention, for whatever reason, his base running is in the positive category, but not like it is typically. So Ozzy really doesn't have a chance. But as far as uh, who should go, man, this one is a toss-up for me. So for me, I think that a raise will probably get it. But I'm going to go with Thero Estrada, just simply because with his bat, his overall game, he's the second best base runner among all qualified second basemen. He's up there in the top four in offense, and he's in the top three in defense. His overall, and this is all of Major League Baseball, including Marcus Simeon. So to me, he actually has it in his overall game with 2.0 wins above replacement. The second closest second baseman is 1.6. So his overall game puts him over the top. I will be shocked if he actually makes the all-star team. Uh, but I do think so far this season, he's had the best season among all qualified National League second basemen. Moving on to shortstop, National League has been extremely weak in this category. It truly has. And uh, looking, at, if you looked out, we knew that probably a Brave wouldn't be there with Orlando Arcia being hurt. He is doing very well with his overall slash line, but he hasn't played many games. And so he is not up there in the overall value. And he might get in because you can vote for him and the Braves will, Braves fans will vote for him. But as far as overall output, output, it truly is between Dansby Swanson and Xander Bogarts. Dansby Swanson has 2.1 wins above replacement. Xander has 2.0. Dansby Swanson has him by 6% in, in runs created plus and has him in expected weighted on base average, although that doesn't really matter because we're not going by expected. If we go at, let's just look at slash lines. Zansby has a 265, 362, 412. Xander has a 257, 346, 396. Defensively, Xander's been slightly better than Dansby this year, but offensively, Dansby's been better. They're really close on base running as well. I'm going to give, based on Dansby Swanson, how we started off the beginning of the year. Xander can definitely catch him, but they both play the same amount of games. They're extremely close. I'm giving the edge here simply because the bat has been a little bit better and his wins above replacement has been a little bit better. My pick for National League shortstop is Dansby Swanson. As far as the American League, this one's pretty simple. The two the two big dogs are Wander Franco and Bo Bichette. Both have extremely good seasons so far. Bichette has Wander with his runs created plus 147 to 138. Uh, and he's even played one more game. But Wander has him in base running and defense by a mile. So Wander Franco is tied with Sean Murphy for second among all major league players with wins above replacement. Who truly deserves to be there? The bat's pretty close, but since Wander has defense and offense, I mean, sorry, defense and base running by a mile, I would go with Wander Franco. However, I do believe Bo Bichette will probably get the vote in. And I wouldn't be mad about it. He's had an excellent year. For third base in the American League, this one's fairly simple for me. Josh Jung has been great with the bat, but overall, it's been Matt Chapman's game to lose. Uh, he's only 1% behind Josh Jung as far as runs created plus go, but he has him in base running and defense when the offense is extremely close. To me, it's not even really a competition. He leads all third basemen in Major League Baseball with 2.1 war. 
The next closest one is Josh Jung in the American League at 1.5. A full .6 wins above replacement to this point is an easy pick for me with Matt Chapman. As far as third basemen go for the National League, this one's interesting. Candelario for Washington Nationals actually leads all National League third basemen. And I did. what's interesting is when I ranked these third basemen in the National League, he was like ranked uh, like fourth in the National League East when I initially ranked him. And here he is at 1.8 wins above replacement. Now, of course, with the bat, he isn't anywhere close to J.D. Davis or guys like Max Muncy or Patrick Wisdom, for that matter. But his overall output with offense and defense and base running, he's been exceptional uh, with 1.8 wins above replacement so far. Honestly, I would give it to him. It feels so weird saying that that player uh, with only a 114 runs created plus, he's not even in the top. Seven in runs created plus, he's eighth in all of Major League Baseball. However, his overall output has been excellent. That's who I would give it to personally. There's no way he's going to win the vote, though. It's just not going to happen. So let's move on to our next position. All right, on to outfielders. Let's start with the American League because Aaron Judge is obviously going to be one of the three. As you know, you don't pick outfielders based on right field, center field, or left field. You just pick three outfielders for the All-Star game. So with that being said, I'm going to stick to that same way. Aaron Judge leads all major league players with a 190 runs created plus. In fact, second place is Randy Arozarena at 162. So the difference between 162 and 190 that's how much better Aaron Judge has been with the bat. Of course, Aaron Judge is tied with Ronald Acuna Jr. with 2.7 wins above replacement, but that was in 47 games. Ronald Acuna has had 56 games. So Aaron Judge is a clear choice there, and I already mentioned Randy Rosarina, top four wins above replacement, second among all outfielders in runs created plus, and finally Mike Trout who has a 143 runs created plus. That's who I'm going with my number three slot. And he's number five in Major League Baseball and wins above replacement. On the National League side, obviously I'm going to pick Ronald Acuna Jr. here. He's been playing at an MVP level. He has 23 stolen bases. As far as qualified outfielders go, he is tied with Corbin Carroll with 3.3 BSR, which is tops among all outfielders in base running. He also has the lowest strikeout rate of any of the top 25 outfielders in terms of wins above replacement. He has been extremely patient at the plate, and it is showing off. Of course, he's having a down year defensively, but that's fine. He's tied with Aaron Judge, leading all outfielders in wins above replacement. Second, I'm going to have, this one's kind of tough because we're going overall here. Mookie Betts is having a down year offensively, but that's for him. He still has a 138 runs created plus, but he is third among all outfielders and wins above replacement. And that's because he has a combination of great base running and superb defense per usual. And so I'm going to put Mookie Betts in one of my spots. And then finally, the toughest one for me is between Juan Soto and Corbin Carroll. Juan Soto has a 156 runs created plus, and Corbin Carroll has a 141. But Corbin Carroll, like I stated, has been exceptional on the base path. He has 16 stolen bases. He's been exceptional this year. He's been a bright spot in Major League Baseball and one of the big reasons why Arizona has been so successful this year. 
he has 2.0 wins by replacement tied with Juan Soto. And so they're right on the cusp. I'm going to lean with, I'm just going to go ahead and say Juan Soto based on, since it's a pure tie, I'm going to go with the bat here just because a 156 run created plus is third among all outfielders. Sorry, fourth among all outfielders. That one was really tough. Outfield is always really tough because you're picking six total spots or three per each league, and there's so many exceptional outfielders out there, especially with the bat. Because when you bring in left fielders, you know that are defensively limited, they they typically, you know, make up for it with their bat. And so a lot of times you're going to see players with a really good bat, but they're ranked really low on their overall output because they don't have a glove really. You know, and so outfield is always difficult to predict on who's going to be chosen. I will say the six that I named, though, are probably the most likely to be picked among uh, voted for. They've got the name recognition and the stats, and most of them are playing for big market teams. So I would not be shocked if those are the six that get the nod based on fan votes. So let's move on to the DH. The DH is an interesting one. Because now, you know, obviously we have DH in the National League and the American League. Back in the day, you know, they just had, if it was played at an American League stadium, they would just have to pick an, uh, a random player. I won't say random, but a player that was not, the, the manager would pick the DH essentially for the National League. But that's not the case anymore. The fans get to pick. Now, the one thing that's really annoying, though, is that whenever you do your sorting of statistics and things like that and, and look at the leaderboards, you know, DHs now, they don't have, there's not a lot of pure DHs anymore in Major League Baseball. You know, there are the Jordan Alvarez's of the league, and there are the Marcelo Zunas of the league, but typically you don't have a player that only plays DH. A lot of times, good teams that have good depth will rotate players for uh, injury or health reasons and so there's not a lot of pure dhs anymore so it makes it kind of hard so i'm going to go based on who's on the ballot okay that's what's going to make it the easiest to pick uh who should be starting one thing that does make it easy though is with the dh they're not responsible for defense right so all you have to look at is their bat so that makes it really easy to pick of course you know you want to be fair and not pick someone that's only played 20 games and they have an insane slash line versus someone that's played 56 games so also you want to look at things like that as well and if we're being fair they do run the bases so let's look at the base running as well you don't have to factor in defense so that makes it a little bit easier you know it's funny that i just talked about players on the ballot because i made the false assumption that jordan alvarez was on the ballot as a dh so i apologize for that he's not he's on the ballot as an outfielder so it's going to go for that third outfielder spot. For me, it's between him and Mike Trout. Mike Trout's overall game is just as good as Jordan Alvarez's, so that's a toss-up for me now that I know that he's not an option for a DH. And that makes me have to reevaluate who I'm picking for a DH in the American League. Because for me, he is Jordan Alvarez has been the best DH in the league, and it's not even close. So that makes it to where the true test between the American League is Otani and Brent Rooker. They both have, of course, with Otani, if you're looking at wins above replacement, you're just looking at with his bat. And Brent Rooker and Otani both have 1.3 wins above replacement. Offensively, though, Brent Rooker has a runs created plus 
of 146. The reason him and Otani are tied is because Otani has been better on the base pass. So if we're going to guess who that the fans are going to vote for, it's obviously going to be Otani. But as far as pure DH, I'm giving Rooker the slight edge over here because as a DH, you're not really expected to be a base runner, uh, even though that's not fair to say. If I'm going to look at it this way, since it's so close, I'm going to go with the guy that has a higher on-base percentage and a slightly better runs created plus. So I'm going to go with Brent Rooker with Shohei Otani being tied right with him. Rooker has five less games than Otani, though. So if you look at wins above replacement per game, Rooker actually has has a slight edge. So I'm giving Rooker because of the wins above replacement per game. It's, It's really, really close, though. As far as we look at the National League, Let's look at these players. Nolan Gorman would be my pick if he was actually on the ballot as a DH, but he's not. So he's not eligible. So we're not going to pick him. So in the National League, it goes to the next best one that's pretty obvious in Jorge Soler. He's got 17 home runs with a runs created plus of 137. Uh, The next closest guy in the National League is Andrew McCutcheon out of 124. So I'm going with Jorge Soler on this one, and that's not even Braves' previous Braves bias, right? So let's go with Jorge Soler. He's my pick. So that moves us on to starting pitchers. I'm just going to pick the top five from each league. I'm not going to go super deep into this because we're running out of time, but I'm going to list my top five starting pitchers from both the American League and the National League that have done the best so far. And, of course, there's a lot of different metrics. But remember, ERA is not everything because they can't help what defense is behind them. So don't just look at ERA. I want to encourage you on that. We need to look at things like FIP and wins above replacement and strikeout to walk ratio and things like that. I will say this. Based on FIP, Bryce Elder has gotten really lucky this year. But we can't hold that too much against him. So... The argument that you got to look at FIP and all that, that is just part of the factor, right? Because Bryce Elder, even though he's the ERA leader, he actually is 12th in wins above replacement, and his FIP is a 4.15, right? And and this is 12th in the National League in wins above replacement. But you can't. I don't want to take that away from him because his ERA is almost a full point better than my number one pick, which is Zach Gallen. So I'm going to give, for me, it's Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, Spencer Strider, and believe it or not, Mitch Keller of the Pirates. And then my fifth guy would be Bryce Elder. So Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, Spencer Strider, Mitch Keller, and Bryce Elder. I don't, I you know, for the Pirates, Mitch Keller might be their pick because they're not doing... Uh, they don't have a big market team. They've had a good year this year, but they don't have a big market team, and a lot of times they don't get a lot of votes from fans, but their fans might be excited that they're having a good year. So who knows? So those are my National League picks. All right, on to the American League. Can I just say for a second, holy cow, uh, the Mariners have been impressive. They're number 7, 8, and 9 in wins above replacement for rotation members. But I'm going to go ahead and say my picks for the American League are Nathan Eovaldi. He leads all pitchers 
in the American League and wins above replacement, tied with Kevin Gossman. So I'm going to go with Nathan Eovaldi, Sonny Gray, who leads in ERA. Uh, I'm going to give Kevin Gossman a nod as well. Uh, his ERA is a little bit higher, but his FIP is insane, and his strikeout ratio is insane. So that's three. Then I'm going to give Luis Castillo a nod here as the fourth one. And then I'm going to give uh, Valdez of the Astros my fifth spot. It gets really close, though, because Hunter Brown, Joe Ryan, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Eduardo Rodriguez, I mean, the American League has had some exceptional starting pitching this year. Those are my five, but I would not be shocked if I see other guys, and even guys like Garrett Cole, uh, Shane McLanahan, I mean, the, the top 12 or 13 or so. I didn't even mention Otani, who leads in strikeouts for the American League. I mean, the the top 15 or so are have been exceptional in the American League. They're very, very close. So I won't be shocked if it's, and of course, it's not limited to five uh, because they're the these are all picked by players and the commissioner's office anyway. So it's not like it's actually limited to five starters. I just randomly picked that parameter for this exercise. So let's move on to relievers. That one's going to be fun because, as we all know, Relief, relief pitching is the most volatile position in all of Major League Baseball. You could be the best reliever one year and one of the worst the next year. As we've seen with A.J. Minter, he was a top three in all of Major League Baseball and Fangraphs wins above replacement last year. And this year, he has been the uh, arguably the worst pitcher on the Braves roster. So if we look at... It's interesting. Seattle, again, the Mariners have three, four, and five as far as wins above replacement for relief pitchers. So, man, props to the Mariners this year on their pitching staff. But as far as relief pitchers, I'm going to give you a setup and or a non a non closer and a closer. And right now, they both are with the Baltimore Orioles. Felix Bautista is second. In the American League, in wins above replacement with 1.0, he's got a 1.33 ERA, and he's striking out an insane 18 per nine innings and 27 innings pitched. To me, he's my guy. As far as, and he'll be my closer. As far as non-closers, Cano also from Baltimore has a 1.5 wins above replacement. Remember, second place had a 1.0. Cano has a full 50% higher in wins above replacement. He's got an ERA of 0.93. He's absolutely dominated. And his FIP is a 1.42, so it's not even like he's getting lucky. His expected FIP is a 2.08. He has been insanely good at what he does. Of course, he has a really high left on base at 83.3%, but it's because he's not walking anybody. He hasn't given up a single home run this year. And he only gives up 0.31 walks per nine innings. So he's my guy. That's my picks for the American League. All right, on to the National League. Fun fact, Nick Anderson, of all people, is fifth among all National League relievers in wins above replacement at 0.8. Isn't that fun? His ERA is a 3.47, but he's still been putting in quality work, striking out quite a few batters at 10.8. But anyways, that's something for a different day. 
For me, the hardest pick is between Alexis Diaz and David Bednar. Diaz has more saves. Bednar has a slightly better ERA. Diaz has a 1.69 ERA. Bednar has a 1.29. But Diaz is striking out 17.3 batters per nine innings, but he's walking 4.2. Whereas Bednar is is striking out 12, but is only walking 0.43. So for me, even though Diaz has a slight edge and wins above replacement, I'm going with David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates here as the closer. Josh Hader is also having an excellent year as well with a 1.61 ERA being third in the National League in wins above replacement for relief pitchers. As far as non-closers, I'm going to go with Brent Suter of the Colorado Rockies, which is kind of crazy to say because he's a Rockies pitcher, right? Typically, pitchers uh, do not do well in cores. Right, but he's got an ERA of 1.93. He's got 0.8 wins above replacement, tied with Nick Anderson, and he's striking out. He's only striking out 7.71, but he's not walking many batters at 3.31 per nine. His overall body of work is very good, very good, um, and his expected ERA doesn't matter in this. And these parameters, but it does show that he's not getting lucky, that he is doing fairly well. So I'm going to go with Brent Suter as my non-closer relief pitcher. All right, that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Don't forget that we're on the Braves Country Cooking feed now, so if you could like and leave five stars on that, that'd be great. You can find the show at Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter or my personal Twitter at Sports. You can email the show at Braves Dugout Pod. And we have all the info on the Facebook pages and website and all of that stuff in the show notes. So check those out. My sincere apologies if I pronounced anyone's name wrong. I probably did. So I apologize for that. And I cannot wait for next week. I can't wait to see how these all-star picks end up being. I know that, again, it's just a popularity contest. For the starters, but it, man, is it fun to get the fans involved. I love every second of it. Also can't wait to see who's going to be in the home run derby. With that, as always, go Braves.